Man, I'll just information, information. I just need some information. Dude, start the well. show that way. <laughs> <laughs> just freestyle Friday. If you don't read the newspaper, you're uninformed. If you do read it, you're misinformed. What is the long-term effect of too much information? Information, information. I just need some information. I've been dying, I've been dying. Is it lack of education? I've been reading, I've been reading without any transformation. I'm addicted, I'm addicted. Is it overstimulation? Hey. Welcome to the success report. The success report. Hear ye, hear ye, come one, come all. You are listening to The Sixth Sense Report with Darnell Samuels and Joel Nikolaou. Joel, yes, welcome. Sir. Thank you. How are you doing today? I'm good. How about you? Uh, blessed beyond a curse. Oh, that sounded very weighty. Like, yeah, uh, blessed beyond a curse. That's, that's a old I church tone, not man type talk. Yeah, well, it's summertime. Summer, summer, summer time. See, that's why I did your name in that voice. Oh no, no, that's not, no, no. That was that's just the, the Fresh Prince, yeah, chorus. But we're looking at summer jobs today. Um, did you have a summer job back in the day? Um, what'd you do? The only summer job would have been more like. So I worked at Sportcheck, and then I also worked at my university um, when I was in school. So both jobs were continuous throughout the year, but I just became full-time at Sportcheck in the summer. So I wouldn't really call it like a summer internship or a summer job. Mm-hmm. I just always had a job that now I had more time because I wasn't in school mm-hmm. to, to put in the hours and make money to pay for school. Oh, cool. I had I had a summer job. I worked for Toronto Community Housing Corporation, uh, summer camps, rookie ball camps, baseball. Yep. Uh, so that was that was awesome. Uh, you know, you run around with the kids in the hot sun. Well, no, the kids ran around in the hot sun. I sat in the shade and ate popsicles. <laughs> <laughs> and then every now and then, when they when they get dehydrated or almost on the brink of heat stroke, they would run over to me. I'd squirt some water on their faces, just send them back out the first base, pull out the the hose yeah. and just, give <laughs> just them spray a, them down <laughs> like all right, all right, you're get good. back you're in no there. longer dehydrated <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> drink it from the hose oh uh, man summer jobs and the kids man oh, uh, yeah. those are always the best jobs but so now we're in a situation where some people are being excluded well yeah from getting grant money for for that for those camps uh so what we're gonna do is uh I'll give you a breakdown so you guys get a better understanding of what exactly happened. So about 87 Canadian religious leaders who are Christian, Muslim, and Jewish are demanding that Canada's liberal government drop the controversial pro-abortion attestation from the summer jobs program, saying it's unfair and undemocratic. So Hajdu and Trudeau have so far defended the policy, which requires that employers applying for Canada's summer job grants sign an attestation that their core mandate respects reproductive and transgender rights. The faith leaders say that they can't sign the attestation. As a result, their charities and ministries won't be able to access public funds to hire students to staff numerous programs such as inner city camps for poor children. 
So at this point, we have commentary from Charles McVetty, who's the president of the Canada Christian College. And we're going to play a snippet from, uh, from his uh, charge to lift this, uh, lift this band. We are here under, I believe, grave circumstances where our government is doing something that has never been done in history. And that is put an ideology test on students getting a job for the summer. We believe that this hurts students. We believe it hurts children as they get ready to go back to camp and have fun and play. And all of a sudden politics comes into this where their favorite counselor may get rejected the job. Why? Because the counselor refuses to sign an ideology test to support uh, abortion and multiple genders. We believe this is a violation of our Charter of Rights and Freedoms, and we ask the Prime Minister to reconsider this path. We feel it's draconian in nature and even communistic from a from a, uh, a a perspective of application it has no place in this country and that was a snippet from the global news twitter page of uh, charles mcvetty the president of the canada christian college so what's your take joel uh i mean he he's definitely speaking in a manner to like stir up a response from his from people who would have a a similar position as him right i mean i would say he's using terms like draconian and communistic um very loosely now very very dramatically yeah exactly (laughs) right like it's a stir of emotion to be like i'm angry like versus taking a principled response like if he was gonna claim that it's communistic why like it's like people who just throw a term like you're a racist therefore i don't have to talk to you right (laughs) i would also add and this is for um you know listeners as well i notice a lot people will throw around terms like oh this violates my human rights, my charter of rights and freedoms. Well, here I am, the host of the Sixth Sense Report, trying to do my research for the episode. And what do I go do? I go read the whole charter of <laughs> rights to find out what this guy's talking about. And I'm reading through, I'm reading through, I'm thumbing through, and nothing. So I'm sitting here, I'm like, so wait, this guy just sent me on a wild goose chase because he's here, you know, dropping names saying, oh, Chart of rights. So I looked it up, but I'm not finding nothing. So just for the future, if you guys are going to make a claim about human rights, make sure you're detailed uh, in what exactly is being violated. I just throw that down. There. True. Yeah. No, I would agree that um, I'm not a big fan of the way he put it. Um, do I think it's fair question of whether? This ideology test that the liberals have put in place for government funding 
of summer interns is that constitutional right like really or or does it violate canadian law does it violate canadian charter that statement is a fair challenge right mm -hmm. we we should evaluate it um but it sounds like he especially from your research he made the claim that doesn't appear to be substantiated right well Okay, so I, I guess he, what he probably might be insinuating, like just from a Christian perspective, is this unfair to Christians? And I would say... Or any other religious group, but... Before I answer that question, I would go to the question of, do I deem this type of criteria or merit um, something that belongs? Right, so when government funding is being handed out, what types of criteria do we believe should exist uh, in order to say you qualify or you don't qualify? Mm -hmm. um, I I take a big problem or I take a big. I'm concerned with this ideology test. Because the merits they're applying, which is your beliefs on abortion, are and complete. Transgender. And yeah, I mean, there's a, a number of uh, things that you need to affirm. Mm -hmm. That is essentially, you have to agree with our morality, mm -hmm. right? It's a morality test. It is completely unrelated to what they're funding. Um, so let me give you a, a, an unrelated example of what would make sense, what wouldn't. Okay. When it comes to welfare, income is a, is a reasonable merit to say, do you qualify? But saying, what race are you, is an unrelated criteria. Or how tall are you? These, these things are completely unrelated to the program. Mm -hmm. Similarly, in this case, if it was, you have to meet a certain amount of hours of, of employment to qualify to have this summer interns income or uh, wages, you know, sponsored by the government or, or qualify for this government funding. That would make sense. Mm -hmm. I might be able to, to argue that, oh, the, the, Criteria should be higher or lower, but I think it's a reasonable criteria because it's related. But to put something in that is completely unrelated to the program, I consider problematic because now the government's starting to create exclusionary policies for whatever they feel like. Mm -hmm. um, so, is this unfair to Christians? Well, technically. If you're considering fair to be, do Christians have equal access to the program? Because I would say, like, unless, tell me if you're, if you would look at fair differently, I'm looking at equal opportunity. Should, is there, is there an equal opportunity? That's the way I would judge fair. Is there equal opportunity? Uh, well, uh, you know what I'm thinking? <laughs> so I'm curious if you would say you use a different criteria for for fair no you know what i'm thinking doctrine 
because there may be some churches that may sign off and it's not a problem. Because they agree or yeah. because they don't care to they lie? Agree. Or pardon? Or because they don't care to lie. Oh, well, that too. That too. Because, you know, like part of it is not all Christians are the same. Not all convictions are the same. Not all churches are functioning um, or have different doctrines. So, you know, the ones that are like super conservative uh, will not sign. But, you know, I don't think that's all Christian organizations. Okay. So then let's change the question. Uh-huh. Is this policy unfair to those who consider abortion immoral? Uh, no. I, 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 from, from the jump, I don't think this is unfair. Just, I don't, I don't think it's unfair because I think that the government has a right uh, to put whatever stipulations they want on the grants that they give because at the end of the day, it's a grant. You know, right? you, threw a word, you threw around the word right. Right what? Like the government has a right. Oh, what do you mean? Well, well you started this conversation talking about rights. Yeah. And so it's funny because what gives them the right? Well, it's their money. Is it? Well, taxpayers' and, money. Mm-hmm. And that, that, for me, is why equal opportunity is necessary. Because the tax base should have equal opportunity to the funds. Okay. Okay. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Right? Because technically, there's a bunch of Christians, or there's a, and now that I've changed the question, there's a bunch of people who consider abortion immoral who don't have equal opportunity to their own money. Mm-hmm. Right. That's deep because, yeah, when you really look at it that way, when, you know, church is paying taxes, mosques paying taxes, or not, Muslims. Well, not I mean, really. I mean, people, no, individuals. Yeah, people yeah, actually, sorry, sorry. Christians, Muslims, Hindus, everybody, these guys are paying taxes. And then government says, okay, so we're going to hand out grants to um, summer camp. And then lo and behold, you're like, okay, but first... You know, we need you guys to sign off on this or sign off on these principles that guys don't necessarily agree with. To get your own money back. <laughs> no, no, I, I, told, I totally hear you. But there's a point where, like, for the Christian, uh, biblically speaking, especially when it comes to taxes, uh, we see in the scriptures that Christians are advised to pay taxes even though the taxes aren't being used to promote God's kingdom, right? So, the, so, so there's that concept where we're like, okay, look, I paid my taxes, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to work to sending out missionaries. It's, it, I don't know that spending my, or giving, sorry, what you're saying is whether the tax dollars go to something that you agree with is not part of your requirement to pay taxes. Right. Um, that said, it doesn't mean that you should sit down, shut up, and just pay your taxes. Right. Right? Like, right. It doesn't mean there's no political action that you should, like, you should take no political Because action. they have a right to protest. Yeah. And, and arguably, like, I'll use an American term of civil disobedience. Mm-hmm. You could you know, potentially use civil disobedience to, in, in a manner 
to not pay your taxes. Right, and and the Bible encourages civil disobedience, especially if it's in contradict if it's contradictory to what God has called you to do. So for Christians, you know, we don't get down with the abortion and transgender and all that um, out of conviction, so we can't violate that. Mm-hmm. And just to to clarify, when we say that, we're not saying by any means that we would condemn someone who had an abortion or that we consider like any ill behavior towards those people appropriate right like mm-hmm. we we also have an uh the christian moral says love your neighbor mm-hmm. even if i think they're completely immoral in the way that they live it doesn't mean i have a justification to hate them Right, right, right. No, yeah, this is totally, yeah, that's totally not, not the. I issue. just want to make sure people don't misinterpret what you're saying. Okay, yeah, no, no, no. But the, the, the point is that for the Christian, yeah, we don't, yeah, we don't believe that. So it's nothing personal. It's just following the book. Uh, but so let me ask you this, Joel, then, because um, he, he mentioned that ideology tests don't belong in Canada. What'd you think of that? Um, I think that ideology tests are dangerous. Because technically speaking, we live in a world where morality is not objective. It is relative. Right. Or, or it's subjectively determined. Now, Christians would argue we use the Bible as our objective standard for morality, mm-hmm. but that is not how everybody lives. There's plenty of people who live by whatever they deem moral. And, and if you yeah. compare 100 years ago to today, you can see that that changed. Right. So to argue it's not subjective is, is highly ignorant in my perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, so because morality is subjective and it is likely to change i i would go one step further and say that i don't think we should legislate morality okay what do you mean so if we make a certain like i mean it's a deeper thing and i've I've brought this up before but the idea of morality being made law to me is concerning because again going back to the fact that morality is subjective and it changes what what co- the collective society morality changes mm-hmm. and so what we think of we'll just look at you know transgendered right 30 years ago the collective society's view on the morality of transgendered changed so what if 20 years from now we acquire new information that then causes that morality view to change so going you know back to why do i say we shouldn't legislate morality um because i think all of the concerns we might have like for example do i think we should make being a racist illegal let's go hate speech laws i don't think that is productive because We have the the basics of common law, which is don't harm anyone, don't harm anyone's property. 
to resolve any racist person infringing on another person. Right? So the fundamentals of law will will undo or or are done or or sorry, exist in a manner that we will undo injustice. Right? So yeah. if you steal your neighbor's TV, whether it's motivated by racism or not is irrelevant. Common law will rectify that situation. Mm-hmm. So oh. you would be required to compensate your neighbor for the TV you stole. Whereas legislated morality says you compensate society by going to prison for X amount of time. Okay. That's a, that's a, that's an interesting take because like when you talk about legislative morality, especially for, from, you know, from the Christian perspective and doing it from an objective perspective, we're not, we're not saying, uh, or I'm not saying make everybody Christian, make everybody <laughs> go to church or believe in Jesus. But, uh, I think, I think there's a balance that has to be maintained because you can go too far because the Bible says, you know, uh, you know, drinking is not helpful, but or being a drunk, being a drunk, right? Sorry, but then you know you have laws that are saying, okay, drinking is illegal, right? Yeah, and now you have going old school. That's like yeah. fence laws, right? So, so th- these are things where you want to maintain a balance. You don't want to go, you don't want to say things that the Bible is not saying. But I mean, like killing people, stealing. Yeah, but to me, it's all under don't harm anyone, don't harm anyone's property. And to me, it's all under Ten Commandments. Yeah, and I would say the Ten Commandments, for the you know at least the person to person side of that, which is the second half, mm-hmm. is all the last six. The last six. Yeah. Precision. Sorry. Um, they all are consistent with that idea of don't harm anyone, don't harm anyone's property. Mm-hmm. And when you do, restitution is yeah. required. Yeah, it's just weird because when people say don't legislate morality, it sounds like a catchphrase and it's misleading because there's instances where, uh, you know, Daniel's working alongside Nebuchadnezzar and he's giving him good advice to say, hey, look, man, be nice to the people. So, <laughs> so we, we do still see, you know, Christians in office giving good advice to uh, leadership where they're still pushing some kind of influence yeah, I mean, obviously my statement that we shouldn't legislate morality would require a a very different societal view on how we handle law. Right? Because we've we've been legislating morality since essentially we've moved past the constitution in in the in the US and even in Canada, right? As soon oh, prohibition on alcohol it's legislating morality. Mm-hmm. Prohibition on drugs, legislating morality. You know, we've got experiments happening today right. in like Portugal where they're kind of reversing that and seeing, hey, how maybe we actually end up with less, let's call it immoral behavior or destructive immoral behavior when we don't make things illegal. Mm-hmm. Now, j- just to, you know, make sure we're following the train of thought. You're saying that the ideology tests is legislating morality. Yeah, definitely. 
Okay. I mean, it's it's bringing it in in a different manner. It's mm-hmm. not it's not legislating it in the sense of if you break this ideology or you're counter to this ideology, you're going to jail. Man, but see, see, this is why Charles McVetty should have been talking to you, man. <laughs> he should he should have got his argument straight, and then he could have brought this to the press conference and have been like, "Look, man, y'all legislative morality, man, and that's wrong." <laughs> Yeah, well, like I would say to you, it's draconian in nature, and and I would say legislating morality is draconian. So I would agree with him in that sense. But that was my my major criticism when we started mm-hmm. this, that I felt he just dropped some word bombs for the emotional stirring that he was going to garner. Yeah, that's what they do at Canada Christian College. Haterade. Um, no. <laughs> the old shots fired. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a Tyndalian. We out here. We out here. But that's why I, I made it like I, I laid out that he dropped these bombs without kind of giving any sort of principled context. Right. So I didn't want to say I fully disagree because I, you know, communistic is another term he threw out there. And like, okay, fine. You're drawing parallels between, you know, the ideology that. Jews, you know, like let's go Nazism, right? There's there's a parallel, there's a difference, but there's a parallel that oh, you disagree, therefore we're gonna punish you. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, in the Nazi scenario, that's fascism, whereas the communist scenario is a little less violent, but it's still exclusionary. You're still pushing people out. Oh, you don't agree? We're gonna we're gonna hold you down, we're gonna oppress you. Okay. So, I mean, I don't And that's like, oppression. Is it by force? I would say no. And, I mean... Because... I, you, they do don't you have, have an take option? The money. Do yes. you have an alternative? Yes. In, yes. 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 Fine. So I would say the Christian has another alternative. Mm-hmm. And that's to keep everything in-house... Uh, and to find other ventures, uh, yeah, to yeah to to fund alternative funding, yeah, al- alternative funding, and really looking at another way. And and I think, and I think that's possible. And there are organizations that actually do that. And hopefully, we could talk more about finding actual solutions that that can fund these summer programs. Yeah, no, I would definitely agree with you um, because I'm always talking about voluntary exchange, voluntary scenarios. Um, I, I've always said, I think we, social welfare via the government is not the way that we solve our problems. I've always said, we need to take care of our community via voluntary exchange or voluntary scenarios. And mm-hmm. so... What you're saying is, you know, let's dig more into what does that look like? And I would 100% agree. Um, I think we as a society have made charity impersonal in the sense that we look at, a, you know, a bum on the street and be like, well, there's a program for that guy. Yeah, actually, that's what I say. The government, the government, the government's got something to take care of him, right? Or there's a homeless shelter, right? Or 
there's there's options so i don't need to worry about it mm-hmm. like my tax dollars already take care of him mm-hmm. so that's why i'm saying we've made it impersonal which also means we've made the responsibility for our community impersonal and consequently we don't look for charities or organizations to help our community now your community could be your neighborhood it could be your circle of friends your family your family of course i mean obviously family is still personal but you've got lots of people who are unwilling to help their you know brother-in-law brother when they're coming on hard financial times yeah it's true it's true because even at, at some point it feels like the uproar of the christian community kind of got me thinking like it seems like we're really dependent now on the government for things for funding and it kind of made me feel like uh okay yes they don't want to give us money but i'm you know what were you doing before this and i i mean this i'm about to drop a bomb in that and we're almost wrapping up here but i i find the summer internship program essentially the government circumventing minimum wage unpack that so minimum wage is 15 bucks let's say or 14 people can't afford it that's why they're not hiring summer interns as much the government wants to promote summer interns so they say we'll pay for it right so they're circumventing minimum wage because the employer doesn't have pay pay minimum wage but the employee now gets minimum wage um as i said i'm dropping a bit of a bomb and that's a deep but i want people to think like wait no, no, that's good. Why does man. this need to? Why is this program even exist? Joel, man, you showing up and blowing up, baby. <laughs> All right, man, hit us up. Tell us what you think. Don't be a quitter. Follow us on Twitter. Chill. <laughs> At Six Sense Report. But you heard me. Does that make sense? Madden and Mitchell Media.